Alright, what's up everybody? Welcome to the stream. It is Thursday, May 4th, 2023. Welcome to episode number 359. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier, and we got a new little stinger to open the show, so get some of that. Made that yesterday. Trying to class this joint up a little bit. If you're new here, guess what? Over the next 45 minutes, me, Chris K. Hall, Jamie Flex, Shakira Williams, Adam Novak, Alfredo, Hino Josa, William Welch, and so many others, including you, of the Simply Cyber community, are going to be tearing up the top cyber news stories of the day. And I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories, on what it means to you as a practitioner, or if you're looking to break in the industry, there's going to be massive value for you here. Believe me. You will get massive value. We're going to be talking about the top cyber stories. You're going to understand what's going on in the industry. If you're a practitioner, you're going to be like, holy crap, I need to know about this. All right? And it's Thursday, which means only one thing. It is What's Your Meme Thursday. Every Thursday, Haircut Fish, a.k.a. Dan Reardon, Simply Cyber community member, builds a custom bespoke meme for the channel. I have no input on it. I also don't censor Dan. <laughs> And uh, today is a genuine one. It looks like Dan's been listening to uh, community feedback. So we'll uh, we'll dig into that later. But before we get into it, I do want to say shout out and thanks to the stream sponsors. Those that help us, or help me really, deliver this show absolutely free of charge to you. Starting with my good friend Eric Taylor, a.k.a. Barricade Cyber Solution, a.k.a. the only one who has his own community Simply Squad member emote. Let's drop some of that love. Barricade Cyber Solutions, if you guys don't know them, they're dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Links in the description below. Do not wait until you're in the middle of a ransomware attack and you don't know which way is up. And you're, you're like, oh my god, blah, blah, blah. like, take 20 minutes, talk to Eric in advance, figure out what it's going to look like. I'm telling you, you will be amazingly happy that you have done this ounce of prevention. Also want to say shout out and love to XM Cyber, if you guys know XM Cyber, exposure management company. Organizations are literally overwhelmed with thousands of exposures across their cloud and on-prem environments on a monthly basis. So efficiently reducing that risk is almost impossible. I would argue it is impossible. Discover the most critical threats and practical tips on how to overcome remediation fatigue with a new approach to efficiently reducing risk with XM Cyrus 2023 State of Exposure Management Report. Listen, where is it? Here it is. You go on, there's a link in the description below. I've printed it out, so it's like more of a book for me, but that's how I read um, That's how I read white papers. Um, there's really good information in here, a lot of good infographics, a lot of good statistics. It's a really well done report, and it really speaks to the current state of essentially <laughs> uh, vulnerability management, but vulnerability management is only a subset of exposure management. So this is kind of an evolution in the macro approach of information security for businesses. So if you want to know what the hell, sorry, Kennedy, if you want to know what the crap I'm talking about, check out the report. There's a link in the description below. Just go to it. It, it It's just a report. It's nothing sinister. Okay. Holla, holla, holla. Also want to say shout out to Panopsi, but more about them at the mid roll. Now, guys, remember, each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is worth half a CPE. If you're confused on how, go back to yesterday's episode. Look in the comments. I responded to Chris Weaver uh, in the comments with uh, excerpts from ISC Squared CPE policy and justification. So, I mean, literally, if anyone pushes back, you can just copy and paste my comment and and be like, there you go. It, it, like, it's, it's a justifiable sound position on why... The Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is worth half a CPE, so giddy up on that. Get your CPEs here. Hold on. <laughs> where's my Oprah? Hold on. Where's my Oprah? You get a CPE. You get a CPE. You get a CPE. There we go. Also want to say shout out and love to the Team Live people. Hashtag Team Live. If you're here right now, 148 of you, good to see you. 
Say what's up in chat. It's always nice to engage with y'all. Love, love the energy. You guys bring the energy. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of cheating with the French roast coffee here, but you guys bring the energy. You take it to another level. Also, if you're watching on replay, Chris Weaver and and um and the entire team replay community, Boston Rob, uh, hashtag team replay in the comments. I do love going through the comments uh, and just engaging with y'all. It's it's. To me, inclusion's critically important, and I don't want to be like, oh, Team Live is the real population and Team Replay is second class. No. Like, everybody is awesome, all right? Now, Team Hybrid is a special group. If you got here late and you're catching up 2x speed, that's awesome. Hashtag Team Hybrid in chat. Let us know that you're here. And finally, my good friends, hashtag Passive Observer, all part of the Simply Cyber Community Challenge of helping people break out network guys i had someone just email or dm me earlier this morning and say hey i, I just moved here two months ago from uh somewhere in africa and i took your grc course it's awesome how, like how do i get a job or whatever i gave some tips but i said the absolute most important thing you can do is network 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 right and again it's not like you you start networking and you snap your fingers and you got a job it's not like you start networking and within two weeks you get a job right? Networking is planting seeds and watering them. And some of them will sprout flowers, believe me, but I can't tell you how long it will take. So hashtag passive observer. If you're shy, introverted, imposter syndrome, etc., reach out in chat, say hashtag passive observer, take that first step into networking. Also, uh, we had a video drop on the channel yesterday, produced video on imposter syndrome. If that even remotely speaks to you, go check it out. I got a lot of great stories in the comments, people sharing their own experiences. So uh, for me, to all of you, I genuinely appreciate you taking that um, vulnerable step. It, you know, I did it in the video myself, taking that vulnerable step and sharing your story. I really honestly feel like if people hear it, they'll realize they're not alone and that everybody suffers from it. I don't care how long you've been working in the industry. I don't care what you do in the industry. Um, everybody deals with some element of it. All right. Thank you, Matthew Pelkey. I appreciate that. Guys, let's get into the, the news. I had, I had someone in the comments like kind of rip me. <laughs> I had someone like, this isn't quite jaw jacking level, but I had someone in the comments rip me for not getting into the news the first three seconds that I uh, start the show. So let's not wait. Sit back, relax, and let the cool sounds of the hot news wash over you in an awesome wave. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. It's Thursday, May 4th, 2023. FTC comes down on Meta monetizing miners. In a release from the U.S. Federal Trade Commission, the agency alleges Meta repeatedly violated privacy rules put in place by a 2020 order it entered into with the FTC as part of a settlement. It also alleged violations of the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act. That 2020 order put in place an independent third-party assessor to evaluate how Meta performed on privacy rules. In a recent report, the assessor found that the breadth and significance of these deficiencies pose substantial risk to the public. Violations include not cutting off developers' app access to a user's data if they hadn't used the app in over 90 days. The FTC also alleges that Meta misrepresented controls available to parents with its Messenger Kids product. The FTC proposed completely prohibiting Meta from monetizing data for anyone under 18 years old and preventing the launch or modification of products without an independent privacy assessment. Meta must respond to these allegations within 30 days. All right. First, first, first things first, as just a little tongue in cheek, just to be a little cheeky. I didn't realize Facebook had users uh, uh, under the age of 20 anymore. Huh? Huh? <laughs> I'm just messing. But seriously, everybody I talk to, like my students, <laughs> everybody I talk to says that Facebook is for old people now. So anyways, now that that joke's out of the way, uh, thanks for the... Uh, Thanks for the comment on the mug, guys. This is the Simply Cyber mug. I do enjoy it. You know what my only gripe is with this mug? It's a normal size mug. I need oversized mugs. If you normally watch the show, I usually have huge mugs. Um, this is like, ugh, I need I need big mugs. Okay, so the FTC, way to go. So guys, if you don't know, the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, their job is to protect consumers. Period. Full stop. That's the job. Protect consumers. I know it might seem like a big faceless organization, but the FTC does right by us. Okay. The fact that Meta, aka Facebook, has repeatedly violated privacy rules um, is egregious 
and Cavalier. Now, one thing, as soon as I saw repeatedly violated, the first thing I thought of is, you know what it is, Kimberly? Straight cash, homie. That's right, Randy. Straight cash, homie. These guys, it's a $5 billion settlement. Um, Like, literally, the... Here's the deal. They're repeatedly violating rules that were put in place as the output of a $5 billion settlement. So Meta is so cavalier that they're like, dude, $5 billion. <sighs> like, I guess. Um, now, dude, we're talking about protecting children. Children, right? Under 13 children. Facebook, social media, there's predators all over the place. There's been freaking really successful TV shows about predators and, and like catching them through online social media and stuff like that. So the Facebook, AKA meta or whatever, like it's gross. They have an obligation to protect children and not just an obligation from a freaking moral perspective, but there's laws. The COPPA, that's a law that says you're not allowed to like base, you got to protect children online, bro. Now, this Messenger Kids thing, this is even grosses me out more. Like, I don't let my kids on Facebook. I have let them have Messenger Kids, but it's wicked uh, tightened down. You know, like, I'm probably like the sucky parent who's like, oh, your dad sucks. But like, here's the thing. Explicit approve only list, not like friends of friends and crap like that. So the fact that Messenger Kids allows children to communicate with unapproved contacts via group video calls and chats. I guess I get that. Like if I'm friends with uh, Jamie Fleck and Jamie and I are on a call and he brings someone else in, I suppose that could be um, like, I could understand how that would work, but it's still at the same time, like, bro, like let's have a check. It, you can write it in software to not allow that to happen. So it's either lazy. It's either lazy. They're not investing in the devs uh, well enough uh, to, to have them, you know, put that on their, their sprint chart for this upcoming sprint on what type of functions they're going to integrate. Again, guys, I want to remind you, the reason that we have laws for this is because without the law, the business isn't going to do it in the first place, right? We're, we're, we're regulating that they put these controls in place. Remember, at the end of the day, a business is all about... It's all about straight cash, homie, right? So if 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 I'm the lead of Meta, I'm Mark Zuckerberg for a second, right? Pretend I look like, well, whatever. I'm not gonna uh, besmirch him. Listen, if I can have a new cool feature, right? Like oh, like a new emote keyboard, or I can have a functionality that will not allow unapproved contacts to connect into a group chat with children, and I'm not federally regulated to do that. Guess what? I'm going for the emote all day long because at the end of the day, I answer to the shareholders, not the user's parents, right? And I know it's gross what I'm saying, but but it, you've got to think about it that way. Like the, the business is into making money. The business answers to the shareholders. The shareholders care about money and features can be marketed and sold and features that have marketability. Like security, like Apple's going okay, trying to make privacy like their marketing ploy, but you know what I'm saying? So hopefully, hopefully this is resonating. Um, hopefully this is resonating with you guys, but just, I don't use Facebook personally. I don't use WhatsApp. Uh, I do use Instagram kind of, I'm terrible at it, but um, I'm, I'm totally into this. Like not allowing monetization of under 18 year olds, Facebook meta, they're hemorrhaging. Like the whole meta metaverse thing was a, was a big flop. Um, Zuckerberg's fired a bunch of people from that. They're pivoting away from that. And I know that they're just printing money over there at meta, but at the end of the day, they're trying to monetize everybody on the platform. So this, to me, this actually probably hurts more than it does the $5 billion lawsuit, honestly, or, or settlement. Because now you're taking away the recurring revenue of everyone under 18 that's on Facebook, right? So interesting, interesting. I would say this: this is like a, this is kind of a um, a big move for the FTC, right? And obviously they're taking serious action because Meta's obviously just, you know, taking a sausage and and, and like wiping it in their face, right? They got a five billion dollar settlement and they're still repeatedly violating the rules. Go FTC. I came in.
CISA urges adoption of covered lists. The U.S. Federal Communications Commission maintains the covered list. This list includes communications equipment and providers that the government believes could pose a risk to national security. It includes a who's who of companies on the U.S. government's bad side, including Huawei, ZTE, Dahua, and China Unicom. CISA recently urged private companies to include equipment from these named companies into their risk management plans. The agency also advised all critical infrastructure companies to use its free scanning tool to detect high-risk equipment included in the covered list. Um okay, couple things here. One, well, several things here. Thank you, Jeff Fuller. Jeff Fuller first on the scene. They said CISA, let's get Jen Easterly up in here. We need a Jen Easterly sounder. Um, CISA, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, I cannot say enough good things about them. Like, under Jen Easterly's stewardship, CISA has turned into a champion of the people. They're constantly doing great stuff. Hey, here's a, like, active vulnerabilities being exploited list. Oh, hey, here's, like, a bunch of, um, um like um, uh, advisories, like, hey, we're doing public-private sector partnerships. We're all over the place. We're accessible. We're not faceless. We're not some bureaucratic bloat machine. So now they've released this covered list, which is basically, um, this is going to get way up into GRC's face. So if you're a GRC advocate, um, you know, put on your beer helmet and crack into BLs because we're about to get to the big game here. The incorporated cover list is basically a list of businesses that the United States is like, oh, you might want to think about doing business with them for various reasons. And they're advising you to incorporate it into your risk management plan. Now, I just said risk. What? It's National Supply Chain Integrity Month? Wow. Okay. I, I missed the memo on that. There. So you include in your risk management plan. Here's the deal. You're going to purchase, you, you go out to bid for a, a bunch of products, right? You're going to buy new firewalls. Okay, you got Gigamon, Fortinet, you got your Cisco's, right? You're doing your your due diligence on product, feature, support, um, um, and not endability. Um, that's not even a real word. Um, the, the what the what it would look like when you decommission the product and transition, um, you, you know, whatever scalability. There's a million different kind, not a million. There's probably like 25 different attributes that you'd want to evaluate when looking to make a large purchase. They're asking you to incorporate this into it to think about whether or not you want to do business with uh, companies that have this tech inside their products or these companies directly. Now, it doesn't mean you shouldn't do that, but you should be mindful, right? So maybe you're not putting, for example, to throw Huawei under the bus here, you're not putting Huawei directly into your data center, but maybe for remote sites, you're, you're willing to have Huawei or something uh, along that line. It's basically just being informed that you're taking on additional risk. The final thing I'll say, and, and by the way, this is not, this is more supply chain than it is third-party risk management. You're not doing a business-to-business -business relationship with Huawei. You're in, integrating them into your overall infrastructure. That's that's more the concern here, as far as I can tell. Um, the other thing, and basically, if you if you missed if you missed the memo, it's all Chinese-based companies, as, as near as I can tell. Um, again, this just furthers, and if you've been asleep, what, like, welcome to the party. This furthers the decoupling of the global economy, uh, specifically decoupling China from U.S. supply chain, right? Which for years, for years and years and years, made in China, made in China, right? And everybody was happy with it. Everything's fine. But as these world powers begin to uh, shift a little bit, like tectonic plates, very slowly, but very significantly, um, the decoupling is what's going on, okay? And obviously this has to do with espionage. Go back and look at, I mean, Supermicro as an example, even though they never proved that there was espionage going on, but that's a, an interesting case study on it if you're interested in getting more. The final thing I'll say is, CISA is offering this free vulnerability scanner for scanning critical infrastructure. Critical infrastructure, guys, don't think critical infrastructure is like an oil and gas plant only. Critical infrastructure is financial systems, communication systems, water systems, water and dam, basically, um, energy, obviously, healthcare. There's like 18 different critical infrastructures. Go look at Obama's um, executive order. I think it's 16363. If, if you Google Obama executive order critical infrastructure, you'll see it. But basically, that was the, the, that was the catalyst that launched the United States looking at critical infrastructure and treating it differently. Um, 
So giddy up on that. I will tell you, in 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 some version of my reality, I don't like in some version of my reality, simply cyber is my full-time job and I can do fun projects and then deliver results to you that you can um, operationalize. If I had time, you know what I would love to do? Download this free vulnerability scanner, set it up, run it, ex and then show you how to set it up, run it in your environment and then give pros and cons. Just letting you know, I would love to do that. Maybe I will do that, but I, the, the crappy thing is I don't have time. Ah. Half of HTML attachments found malicious. Thanks, Anthony. A new report from Barracuda Networks found that attackers increasingly use malicious HTML attachment in emails. In March 2023, it found 45.7% of scanned HTML files were malicious compared to just 21% in May 2022. Because of legitimate HTML usage, these can't just be blanket blocked by admins, but they can contain a number of attack methods. Researchers also found that spikes in malicious HTML traffic didn't seem linked to large-scale campaigns, rather an increase of unique attacks across the board. Meta sees... All right, hold on. There's got to be a good graphic in here. Um, come on. No, no graphic, guys. No, no little picture of an email being sent and someone clicking on it. Oh, okay. So <clears throat> here's the deal: you should not be, <clears throat> you should not be surprised that threat actors are using HTML files as attachments. End users, you know, go on the web all the time. End users may not know what HTML stands for, but they they know enough to know that this means web. So when they see a little attachment with like the Chrome logo on it, they are likely to think, well, this can't be bad. It's just a website. It's just a web page. It's just a URL. Um, and then obviously threat actors can weaponize it with JavaScript. It can be a watering hole attack. It can be a redirect. It could be several different things. It could be a pop-up. It says like your machine's been infected. Call this 1-800 number. There's a million different like outcomes not a million again why why am i so hyperbolic here there's you know dozens and dozens of types of uh attacks that could be weaponized with an initial malicious html to get started so again tune your first of all if you're not using an email uh security gateway that's first and foremost you've got to use it now if you're using 0365 you'll excuse me as i'm like dealing with chest pain <laughs> as I'm trying to continue to talk. If you're dealing with O365, if you're dealing with Google Mail, G Suite, those type of things, you've already got a web ma uh, mail gateway in place, so don't sweat that. Um, if, you're, if you're hosting your own, if you're still one of like the dozens of people who like refuse to migrate off exchange on-prem, uh, you definitely need an email gateway. If you're serving your own email um, service or whatever, you need an email gateway. Uh, like Proofpoint, excellent option. I'll just let you know, Proofpoint's a sick one. Okay, so first of all, now you protect your organization from many of the bullcrap emails coming in. What happened in Dallas? Hold on, can someone mod chat or something? If, if there's something in Dallas we gotta talk about, um, let me know. Um, you can mitigate it. Obviously, educate your end users. Um, look, DHL login page, that's just the classic phishing attack. Um, yeah, Jess Bishop knows what Proofpoint is all about. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll look at... Um. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Justin Gold. I asked about the Dallas thing, and like literally there's a huge pop-up from Eric Taylor in my face about the Dallas thing, and Justin Gold just put a little carrot, like, look up, and I did. And uh, okay, yeah, we'll talk about Dallas before the end of the show if, if it's not already in the show. By the way, if you did not know this, I do not look at these stories in advance. This is my real, honest in the moment reaction and um you know analysis and guidance and stuff like that educate your end users threat actors are not going to get away from emailing um malicious attachments period end of story like why would they it's very effective and they can get right into your inbox rise in ai scams and it's cheap the social media company released a report finding that since march 2023 it discovered 10 malware families using themes around generative ai to compromise accounts Generally, these types of scams offer someone access to some sort of chat GPT tool or other AI-related function, but instead install software to steal credentials. Meta sees that threat actors take that personal account takeover and use it to then compromise business accounts, which often contain credit card information. To combat this, Meta introduced a new Meta Work account. 
Users can set these up without linking them to personal accounts, but still access Facebook's business manager tools. The company also announced a new tool to walk businesses through detecting and removing potential malware from their systems. And yeah, this is a really great, um, this is a great observation. So first of all, um, well, obviously we're talking AI, right? Shall we play a game? First of all, let me just say like way to go meta for trying to help your end users, your business users, the people who pay to use your platform, your actual customers, um, way to go on helping them protect themselves. Now, one important thing to note here, we have seen many, many uh, variations of malware tied to ChatGPT. I have said this before, and it still rings true, and it will always ring true, okay? So hear me and, and know this, but then let me put a caveat on it at the end. Threat actors are always going to use whatever the hotness is to um shape their social engineering campaign. Okay, what 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 the hell are you sorry, Kenny. What are you talking about, Jerry? Okay, so we've got World Cup in Qatar. Bunch of emails, social engineering, Qatar. Check this out. Click here. Masters in Augusta is coming up. Free tickets to the Masters to the first 10 people who respond, right? Like threat actors are going to always use the, the the tried and true ones. Your account's about to be locked out. We saw fraudulent activity on your bank account. Click here. But they will jump on hot trending topics, right? TikTok um, invisible filter, right? Click here to remove the invisible filter and see the naked girls behind the, the, the filter, right? People jumped all over that. Yeah, let me install some malware, okay? Chat, okay, so now the caveat. ChatGPT is hot. Everybody like knows about it. Some people are trying to figure it out. Lots of influencers on YouTube and social media and crap are like, get rich quick using ChatGPT. I don't even work anymore. I've seen some people and like, I didn't fact check this. So it's, it might just be sensationalized, but I know some people who have like four or five full-time remote jobs and like they use AI. They're, they're, they're like marketing people. They use AI to just do their job. They'll be like, hey, we need you to do this blog post. And they're like, oh man, that's really gonna, that's gonna take me three days. And they're like, yeah, that, that's usually like a three day activity. Get back to us. And then they're just like, chat GPT. Shall we play a game? And then they're done in like 20 seconds and then they just save it. And then they go do the same thing at their other job, their other job, their other job. And then they take the next two days off and then they deliver, 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 and then they're off. So people are like, oh my God, like chat GPT. So because of that, threat actors are obviously going to be coming up with all sorts of social engineering campaigns around chat GPT. And you absolutely should advise your end user community, your, your IT and dev community, your executive community. This is an all hands message. Like if you do an all hands meeting at work or whatever, this should be the one thing you tell them. People don't understand what the heck ChatGPT is or how to use it, right? I, and I'm being very general here. Some people know how to use it. But devs are like getting API calls and writing little scripts and crap like that. Some people are signing up. Dude, I signed up for ChatGPT and bought a paid plan. It's like 20 bucks a month. So I could use this pen test GPT. And then I found out I, I, I you can't get API keys with chat GPT. You need to get API keys through open AI, which is another $20 a month. So I'm paying $40 a month. Like, I don't even know if I need chat GPT $20 a month. But my point is I'm doing all this research and it's confusing. So people are going to get confused. People are going to be uh, easy to be tricked and, and vulnerable. I mean, we saw um, uh, malicious email, um, excuse me. We saw malicious Chrome extensions on ChatGPT, um, people stealing and info stealing out. All of these things are stealing business accounts, right? So, so the TLDR here, I know I'm getting a little spicy. The TLDR here is that this is a brave new world and people want in. People, people are willing to jump on a moving train here because they just know that it's hot and they got to get on it before it's too late. But, but threat actors know this and they're muddying the waters. They're making it complicated. And uh, there's going to be a lot of people who get victimized from it, basically. So educate everybody. I will not make this the same story on all three parts of my newsletter uh, on Monday because that would be silly. But you get what I'm saying. Let's do the mid-roll. Now we'll word from our sponsor, Trend Micro. Cybersecurity is not just about protection. It's about foresight, agility, and resilience. 
navigating a new era of cyber risk demands evolved strategies, new frameworks, and integrated tools to equip security teams to anticipate and defend against even the most advanced attacks. Trendmicro, the global leader in cybersecurity, is bringing the cyber risk conversation to more than 120 cities around the world in their latest Risk to Resilience World Tour, the largest cybersecurity roadshow of its kind. Find the closest city to you and register today to take a leap toward a more resilient future. Head to trendmicro.com slash CISO series. All right. Google rolls out. Sorry to hear that, Jezbo. That sucks, man. 60K rip. All right, guys, it's the mid-roll. If you're new here, this is what we do. Yeah, thank you, William Welch. Take a hot second, hit that like button. Not so much to tell me that you're enjoying the content, but so other people who are searching for cybersecurity content on YouTube and LinkedIn will be told by the algorithm what we're doing here, right? It's, it's, it might have been how you found us, right? Think about how you found us. The day before you found us, I was telling the people who were here, hey, can you hit the like button so people like, who like cyber can find us? And then you're you're just like scrubbing on YouTube and it's like, hey, check out this Cy Simply Cyber thing. And you're like, what's this? And you click in, you're like, oh my God. Like it's um, Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade, like face melting, like you drank from the wrong cup. You're like, ah, cyber. Okay, so just hit the like button for a hot minute if you would. I want to thank the stream sponsors again, Barricade Cyber Solutions, XM Cyber for their continued support. Also want to share with you Panopsi Cyber. I didn't tell you about them fully already. Panopsi Security can offer quantified risk assessments, which are evidence-based um, assessments of your current security posture of your organization. Brandon Poole and his team will come in. They'll look at your people, your process, your technology. They'll look at your threat model. They'll look at your industry, the size of your business. And then they'll basically bleh, puke out a really, really valuable, effective, quantified risk assessment that will lay out percentage-wise where your risks lie and how likely you are to suffer certain cyber attacks like ransomware, business email compromise, phishing, data breaches, all of them, right? And where you can invest to reduce those risks to acceptable levels. It will enable you to have actual real conversations with the business, with the CFO. You can make a very compelling argument why you need your budget increased for fiscal year 24. A quantified risk assessment can do you a solid three-year cybersecurity plan, okay? I'm just telling you right now, a, a quantified risk assessment is hot. It's where it's at. All right, guys. Just remember, if you want to get the newsletter on Monday, go to simplycyber.io newsletter. Um, I write it myself every Sunday. People seem to like it. Check it out. If you don't like it, unsubscribe no hard feelings want to remind everybody about the simply cyber community challenge right now my friend travis f currently holds the baton travis if you're in chat please tag someone jenny housley um yes i will tag someone jenny housley okay so margarita garone margarita garone i'd love to tag you if you're interested in taking on the mantle of the simply cyber community challenge the simply cyber community challenge is essentially uh we ask one person a day to go on LinkedIn, share their cyber story. Where are they? What is motivating them? What where they are in their career? Add the hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Tag me in it, and then I ask all of you to go on to LinkedIn and comment and connect with the people who are the original poster, like Margarita, if she accepts it, and the people commenting. Build your own professional network, please. Like, I love Simply Cyber. I hope you always stay part of Simply Cyber. But even if you don't, you will take with you your own professional network that has massive value. It's so vitally important to build your network. Believe me, please. Simply Cyber Community Challenge is, an, an, is a technique to enable that, right? We're trying to do good stuff over here. The Simply Cyber Community Challenge is one of those. So if Margarita doesn't pick it up, let me know. All right, guys, it is What's Your Meme Thursday. Um, I, um, I wanted to share this with you. While I was on vacation, Eric Taylor had a monster um, meme, and I was jealous because I had the Sonic meme. Well, it looks like I, too, now have a super awesome meme. This is me riding a Velociraptor, shooting a machine gun giving uh, with a rocket. I think I'm going to punch somebody with an American flag. 
I'm straight. I'm straight killing it. This might be my new wallpaper. At minimum, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, printing it out and putting it on the wall. All right, Margarita accepts it. Thank you very much. And as always, thank you to uh, Dan Reardon, a.k.a. Haircut Fish, for the meme of the week. This one is absolutely awesome. Uh, it's an RPG. Okay. Sorry, um, sorry, uh, uh, Grunt. Sorry, Devil Dog. Anyways, very cool. Very cool. All right, let's get back to the news. I'll see you guys at the um, at the end of the show. Jaw jacking. Passkeys. The passwordless future is a little bit closer. Google rolled out support for switching to passkeys on Google accounts. Google will prompt users for a passkey when detecting suspicious activity, and users can request a one-time sign-in when using a different device. Passkeys can be revoked in Google account settings. Google accounts will also support existing password-based logins for the foreseeable future. And then in related news, well, not actually a passkey, the password manager Dashlane plans to roll out a new device-based passwordless login using similar cryptographic keys. The company says it plans to open source part of the tech for auditing and bug fixing. While Dashlane won't use a proper passkey for logins, it will support storing passkeys in its vault. All right. Microsoft. So a couple things here. Couple things here. One, I got this notification yesterday on my Google stuff. Okay. They did a really poor job of communicating that this was coming. They did a really poor job of communicating on what this is. Like it like the the pop-up I got. Like I'm an InfoSec professional and the pop-up I got was like like basically like want to use a passkey instead of a password. I'm like, what the hell? What are we talking about here? Like it really, I, I didn't even move forward with it. A, because I'm super paranoid. And I was like, wait a minute, is this legit or not? I don't even know. I got to look into it. Apparently it is legit. Um, and I, I didn't, I didn't understand enough. Right. I, I am what I would call a, <clears throat> a power user, right? Simply Cyber's YouTube channel is, is part of the Google ecosystem. So I'm very cautious about what, how I handle my credentials, right? I, I really don't want someone to take over Simply Cyber. All right. So this one, I don't know about, I'm going to look into it. Obviously what I will tell you though, and this is more of a macro thing for you to know, what I will tell you is that passwords are, are, are the way of the dodo. Like passwords need to die. Okay. Threat actors are going to figure out ways to circumvent other authentication techniques, but passwords are terrible okay i got i'm looking at you looking at you carl okay solar winds one two three need i say more people have crap passwords and users don't remember them they write them down on sticky notes they reuse them across systems they suck right passwords they were fine for their time but they have massive shortcomings and they're constantly exploited Anytime you go to a phishing landing page and you type in your username and password, do you know why the threat actors are wasting their time with that particular attack? Because your password is what you're giving them and it has value. So in conclusion, we need to get away from passwords. Like you should switch to passphrases, first of all, and you should actually use password vaults to generate unique passwords for every site. But again, this is a half measure. We need to get away from passwords. We need things that are like YubiKeys or biometric or, um, you know, uh, some type of like one-time password, like real-time generated six-digit uh, rotating pin or something like that. Okay? But it's going to take a while. The infrastructure is there um, it, or it's coming. We see on Windows, if you own a Windows 11 machine, go to switch your password and like look at all the options. There's Windows Face, there's Windows Hello, there's Windows Biometric, there's Windows Click on a Picture in a couple different places. There's like a million, again, Jerry, with the hyperbolic statements, there's about eight different options. Password is just one of them, okay? So be mindful of that. By the way, just as a fun fact, when you tell your users, your end users, that we're not going to be using passwords anymore, once you explain to them why that's going to be okay and safe and secure, they will give you a hug borderline a HR violating hug. It is, they're going to love you because no one likes passwords. Okay. They're, 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 ugh, I can't remember my password. People share passwords, right? If you get away from passwords, 
It's a win. It's a win-win. It's very, it's very, very uncommon. In fact, I can only think of a couple options. It's very uncommon for security to introduce an, a new control or a level of control and have the end user community be excited about it. Federated authentication is the only one that really comes to mind. That's where you can click and like log into like your Netflix site using your Google creds or something like that or your Facebook creds. It's it's a single sign-on or not single sign-on, it's federated authentication. Uh, end users love that because it's like one less thing they have to do. But for the most part, um, yeah. So anyways, be mindful of this. I will be looking into this. I am a heavy Google user. So I this is this directly applies to me individually and professionally. So I'll, you know, ask me about this in a week. I've got to do my due diligence. I'm sure it's a good idea. I just like to fully understand it before I commit to something. Soft plans to offer private chat GPT servers. Earlier this week, Samsung banned employees from using chat GPT on company devices, sending concerns about leaking data. This came after it accidentally leaked source code to the AI chatbot. It seems there might be quite a few companies that want to use generative AI tech in a more constrained environment because the information sources say Microsoft plans to offer a version of ChatGPT that will run on private servers. This seems tailored for organizations concerned about data leaks and compliance issues. The report says the service could cost as much as 10 times what customers currently pay to use the regular version of ChatGPT. All right. Well, here, here's. Okay, hold on. Shall we play a game? I won't do that ten times, but that's my point, dude. For private businesses, in ChatGPT to be offered for of uh, for a private instance, ten times they could offer it for thirty times, thirty x, and people would pay it. Dude, this technology is so valuable and so unknown and so like oh like paradigm shifting that businesses will pay you know xxxx times to get their private instance so they can put anything they want in it now one thing i will say yeah cash rules everything around me you know what i need to actually get a cash rules everything around me uh sound bit i'll do that later today um here's my thing like, okay, it's a private instance, meaning that other people can't see it, but I would I would caution you to check the EULA on that. Like, does Microsoft get to keep the data that you're putting in there? How do they protect the data that's being put in there? Once there's a data breach of that data that's been put in there, what happens? Is there any is there any like liability? Is there any assurances? What are they doing to protect that information? Are they using that information to further build the model? It's a good idea. I mean, obviously like this in the in the in the pantheon of no brainer ideas samsung developed or samsung engineers put intellectual property in there somebody in chat in simply cyber chat right now right over there if you scroll back through chat said that doctors at their um healthcare business were putting in information trying to get advice for patient care right so People are, 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 are putting sensitive information in. It's a no-brainer for Microsoft to be like, hey, why don't we just offer a private instance and uh, mark it up 10x? I'm sure <laughs> it says 10 times in the story. I'm telling you, man, they could, they could definitely go a lot higher than, than 10x for a private instance. So this doesn't surprise me. Um, Microsoft invested $40 billion into OpenAI. They'll make that back. They'll make that back. The final thing I'm going to say about this, because I, again, I, I'm, I'm no, like, you know, Nostradamus here or anything like that, but I swear to God, it feels right in my bones. We were in the information age. We now live in the AI age. We are in the breaking dawn of AI age, I, I, I believe it wholeheartedly. I'll go to my grave saying it, you know, the copper age, the bronze age, the industrial age, the information age, we have left the information age. We are in the AI age. It's, 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 it's nothing's gonna change. I, I just saw this morning a political ad, okay, put, put together by one of the major parties in the United States. And it's like a smear campaign ad, but it's AI generated. And I mean, if you look closely at it, you can tell it's AI generated, but it moves pretty quick. Let's keep going. Police take down, try to check. 
The dark web service tried to check came online back in 2005, offering both a market for stolen credit cards as well as a way to check if cards remained active. Now, a joint operation with law enforcement in the U.S., Germany, and Austria took down Try to Check this week. Authorities also issued an indictment against the Russian citizen Denis Grenadievich Kulkov, suspected of operating the site. He's suspected of making at least $18 million in cryptocurrency from Try to Check. The U.S. Justice Department offered a $10 million reward for anyone that can provide information leading to Kulkov's arrest. Nice. App. All right, so, you know, guys, don't sleep on credit card uh, theft. It is still a viable market. I know it's kind of like, uh, you know, meat and potatoes type cybercrime, but it's still it's still quite legit. Uh, people, still, people steal credit cards, data dumps, data leaks. Um, Biden, uh, oh God, there, there's a, 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 a credit card website. Uh, let me see, credit card dark web, Biden. Oh God, it's like called Biden Cash. Yeah, there it is, Biden Cash. Biden Cash, um, this is a story from a few weeks ago or last month, I guess, or October. Um, leaking 1.2 million credit cards for free because basically they were going to expire, so they were just dropping them. Like, there is a massive, you know, criminal enterprise around stolen credit cards and the use of stolen credit cards. Um, if you've had your credit card compromised and had to you know, have fraud detected and then get a new credit card issue. It's it's incredibly disruptive. It sucks. The credit card companies are better at detecting fraud. They definitely, on average, or in my experience, don't make you pay for the fraudulent charges. But dude, there's millions of, of stolen credit cards out there. And this guy was running an operation. And basically, it sounds like um, it, this was a business-to-business service where they would just, he would, you could use this platform to scan Say you have like a million stolen credit cards. You don't want to like type each one in, right? Like, oh my God, like, this one's no good. This one's good. This one's no good, right? It sounds like you could just take in like a CSV list, comma separated file and uh, just feed it in and it would dump back like good, 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 not good, not good, 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 right? So you could quickly, you know, your your time is valuable, right? So you could quickly identify whether or not credit cards are good or bad. And you know what? Way to go, law enforcement. United States Secret Service, you do not want to mess with the Secret Service guys. I'm telling you, they protect the president, but I feel like that's just like the the the, the marketed part of them. Secret Service, man, they're responsible for uh, counterfeit money and fraud, and they, are, they have a lot of jurisdiction. So get on it. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, try to check takes CVE files. CVE or... CSV and processes them. Yeah. So long story short, they got taken down. Look at this guy. Yeah. He's like, I'm a pimp. Well, he's going to jail now. 20 years of prison if found guilty, which it sounds like they've got enough information on him. Apple deploys rapid security response. Last year at its worldwide developer conference, Apple introduced rapid security responses. The company designed these to offer quicker patching to urgent threats, particularly around WebKit, with much smaller downloads and faster installs than a full iOS or macOS update. Apple released its first such update this week for iOS 16.4.1 and macOS 13.3.1. Security researchers note the complete lack of any details, though, in this release. The update includes no specifics whether the flaw is under active exploitation, as well as no CVEs or descriptions. Apple's press release with the update only states generalities that the company may release rapid security responses for actively exploited flaws. Okay, so yeah, here's here's one thing um, to point out. Like, just like this Google passkey thing popped in yesterday. Um, last night, I'm like, I use iPhone, right? I have an Apple iPhone. Like yesterday, I was like cooking dinner or something, and like it's like boop, and it didn't look like a normal thing. It just like popped up on my phone. And it was like, oh, like install rapid patch thing. And it looked different. It was like a different color gray that Apple doesn't use. And I'm like, what is going on with this, dude? Like, what is going on with this? Like, this is... So then I have to like stop. I had to like investigate whether or not this was legit. You know, like what app is running this? What's the context? Everything. Finally, I did get to a screen that looks like this. And I was able to verify that it was in fact coming from Apple and it was legit. I did install it. Um, I didn't confirm whether or not it it successfully installed, but I do appreciate um, 
I do appreciate the rapid patch functionality. I would say that it's a... Here's the deal. You got to be careful with rapid patches. When you do patch management, you're supposed to do it in a organized kind of concentric circle way because you don't... If, if, if a patch breaks some critical app or it doesn't work or it bricks a device or something like that, you don't want to denial a service your entire business, right? So you do it in a phased approach. Now, Apple is a little different on the iPhone because it's a walled garden. All their apps kind of go through like one um, particular um, pipeline. So the chances of it bricking your device and stuff aren't good. So I have a little bit more faith on this. The rapidness allows Apple to push a um, like an emergency patch, basically. I appreciate this. Sometimes there's like an active exploitation going out in the world and you need to patch quickly and it can be troubling and, you know, and stuff like that. So my only question is, and again, I see these stories first with you, so I don't know. My only question is like, what was wrong with the active patch process? Like they can push a patch anytime they want. I regularly get updates that I have patches to apply. I wonder if the rapid patch basically doesn't care what the hell you're doing on Today's a tough day, guys. I've been cussing like a sailor. Um, I wonder if the rapid patch doesn't care what you're doing on your phone right there and it just applies the patch and you've basically authorized it to, um, in your best interest, apply patches. The only thing that comes to my mind, like I love the idea of it on the surface. The only thing that's bad though is if a threat actor was somehow able to compromise the rapid patch feature, they could force malware installs or or you know compromised um files onto your devices uh without any intervention by you weaponizing this rapid patch functionality so just keep in mind um that this is really cool but you've always got to think about how can this be weaponized how can this be exploited by a threat actor so something to be interested in worth checking out all right let me get some music going up in here All right, guys, that's going to do it for today's stream. If you were here just for the news, thank you very much, 251 of you. I hope you have a wonderful Thursday. No show, no Simply Cyber Live tonight. I canceled today's show for a family commitment, but I genuinely appreciate it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let me just check my schedule really quick to make sure I don't have a 9 a.m. If I do not, I will spend a few minutes jawjacking. I do not have a 9 a.m., so I'd love to hang out for a minute if that's okay with you guys. Uh, if you got a boogie, head on out. Um, have a great day. We'll be back tomorrow at 8 a.m. Eastern Time every single weekday morning at 8 a.m. We are here delivering hot takes on cool news. Our... R wants to know if anyone has any thoughts or info on high trust. Um, I mean, I worked in healthcare for a while. High trust is fine. Um, I didn't really, it didn't, I was at a massive multi-billion dollar company and high trust didn't really come into play very often. Let's see, any beginners in cyber? IC squared has free training for exam for CC. Cool, hey, that's great. If you, Devin sharing that ISC squared's doing free training for Cybersecurity certification, which is like an entry-level cert for ISC squared. All right, Jezbo, I love it. I know, you, yeah, you're in a different time zone, but happy to have you team live. Thanks, George Strasberger. Oh, good, yeah. Uh, this is How the World Ends is amazing. That's a book by Nicole Pelroth that George is talking about. I regularly... Um, I regularly t talk about it because it's such a good... It's such a good um, book. Let me see. Bro, come on. I'm trying to bring this up on stream for y'all. You'll love this book. This book gets into um, like where bug bounty programs come in. The underground, um, like, you know, zero day market, uh, nation states, Stuxnet, how Stuxnet kind of changed the game for everything. It's about the cyber weapons arm race. It's very, very interesting. She is incredibly uh, good writer. So definitely check that out. Glad you're liking it, George. Moon is halfway through the GRC course. Love the bits where your family and other animals interrupt you. <laughs> yeah, it's a very real course, different than others. Any thoughts on getting or applying for a job in cyber that requires five years experience? 
Mm, yeah, I mean, document your resume. Take advantage of maybe you had like tangential roles, right? Maybe you're doing sysadmin work, but you're definitely doing some infosec there. Uh, Dustin uh, saw the imposter syndrome video. Thank you, Dustin. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, yes, Harish Kumar is speaking at GrimCon. I saw that yesterday on LinkedIn. Uh, lean into that, Harish. I'm telling you guys. I'm not saying be reckless, but say yes. Say yes to opportunities and see where it takes you. Um. Oh yeah, Dallas. Thank you. That's a good. That's a good topic to get into really quickly. Let me get into this really quickly. Let me see, 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 see. Let's look at this Dallas situation. Come on. Oh, that's just a graphic. Hold on. Uh, Eric Taylor posted about this. Let me... Hold on one second. Let's look at this Dallas cyber attack, okay? City of Dallas hit by Royal Ransomware. Not surprising, okay? Royal has been attacking um, municipalities, right? I believe they're the ones who hit Oakland. They hit Minneapolis. Dallas, guess what? Everything's bigger in Texas, including the ransomware attacks. They're getting shut down. Let's see what the level of impact is. Um, they shut the IT systems down to prevent the spread themselves. So they, they took initiative. That's good. Um, City's police systems for communication are down. That's not good. Uh, I'd be kind of curious. Is anyone in Dallas right now? I, yeah, I don't think they're going to get back up in a day. So um, they have a sock. That's very nice. Um, now, I will say this. Usually municipalities are wildly underfunded. I feel like Dallas would not be underfunded. Like Texas people are, are like so big about being so awesome. And like, there's a lot of like inter intra state rivalry about being awesome. You see it with the college football all the time. So I could imagine Dallas having a really, really good. Um... I live in the low country, Dustin. Um, I could see them having a good sock system. Uh, let me see. Okay, here's the royal ransom note. Like, conveniently, someone's printed it out to make it even look more like a ransomware note. Um, let's see. Yeah, there isn't much information here other than they're under a ransomware attack and they, they proactively um, shut down systems to manage it. So keep an eye on this one. It might even be a good example of uh, how to how to effectively respond to a ransomware attack as a municipality. But I would imagine if I had to put money on it, um, Dallas will be down at least until um, Friday, May 12th, at least. Thank you for sharing that with us, Eric Taylor and mod team. Houston. Yeah, exactly. BSEC knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, actually, Medine uh, Ashit actually brings up a really good point. Um, you know, like, I mean, I don't know if Dallas is going to crank up the uh, InfoSec hiring jobs. But, dude, I'm telling you, when there's an active incident people realize like the business actually realizes um that they've been impacted and like what the impact looks like oh crap like i can't check email oh crap i can't do business oh crap i can't like i can't turn my computer on this is a problem how do we how do we prevent this from happening again and that's where you start getting um funding right for these um initiatives so Medine brings up a good point. You should actually, the thing is the jobs in Dallas are probably won't start opening up until like the summer. Interesting. So Margarita, Margarita Garone, who's also the Simply Cyber Community Challenge uh, holder right now, um, lives in Dallas. I'm just curious. Like, so it just feels like a normal day there. No, no big deal. Our traffic lights are traffic lights messed up or anything? 
<laughs> Christopher K. Hall's giving out a specific zip code in Pennsylvania to move to. Okay. <laughs> I watch while I'm at the gym. Hard to check information. Oh, no problem, Mr. Shannon Wilson. Nice. All right, guys. I don't know. I, I'm actually kind of curious since we're doing jaw jacking. Um, did anyone see the new um, intro? The the little uh, the intro to the show. I made like what I would consider a professional intro. I was thinking of like weekend update on SNL and trying to make something kind of akin to that. So, um, let me know if you guys have any thoughts. I'd, I'd be kind of curious if anyone liked it or didn't like it or anything. Uh, yeah, I could play it again right now. If guys want to, if, if folks want to see it, I like, hopefully you guys caught it at the beginning. No problem. Here, I'll play it again right now in case anyone cares. Again, this is really just the intro, so this is going to look... All right, hey, thanks, Dallas people, that it looks like a normal day. Here's here's the intro. I don't know. What do you think? I think it's pretty cool. I think it's pretty cool. I still have the old dial-up one, too. That's in here if y'all... But... Hey, Ross. You need a Last Week Tonight intro. Yeah. Maybe I'll do something like that. Dallas shut down the courts? I could see that. Alright. Thanks, Nicole. Thanks, Kimberly. Thanks, Chocobobo. Thanks, Justin Gold. Thanks, Sidelight. Yeah, I'm trying to... I don't know. I'm trying to class it up a little bit. I'm starting... Like there's a there's a major like when I say major I'm talking massive brand <laughs> that has uh, reached out to me and wants to to um, work with me and sponsor me and stuff like that like when I say massive I'm talking like Fortune 50 company um, so I was like oh maybe I should class this up a little bit <laughs> um, so we'll see. I don't know. Should I? Do I need a um, an outro? Because normally I just do this, right? Normally I just do this and let it play until the song ends. But I, I don't know. I, I don't work in production or anything like that. Do I need an outro, or is it fine how that's working? I don't like this song. All right. What what does Marcus say? The video is good, but I don't think the music fits the vibe of the show. Yeah. All right. Kimberly. I think your outro now and sign off are good. Okay, cool. Thank you. Oh, this William Welch is saying this is professional. Oh yeah, Eric Taylor's got his own outro. I'm not. I'm not going to appropriate that, but that's definitely on. That's definitely on brand for Eric Taylor and and the Barricade Group. Yeah, Daniel Neese likes the Worldwide Wednesdays. I love that too. But that we we exclusively do that on Wednesday. Oh, all right. So the outro on the produced videos is good. Thank you. Thank you all, by the way, for the uh, the feedback on this. It again, I try to make any aspect of simply cyber a little bit better each day a little bit you know sometimes it's like more obvious like when the entire layout of the show changed sometimes it's a little tiny bit uh so i'm using streamlabs obs right now yep agree with william all right let me see. Uh, I'm getting better cyber on Twitter. BSEC is sharing this. Let's take a look. I'm going to share this with all of you. This is a, according to BSEC, a good feed for cyber attacks. All right. Guess what? 
going to follow. All right, so check it here. I'll share this in chat right now. Here's a follow recommendation on Twitter if you're interested. Having the stream is the stream is ending then a standard outro. Oh, okay. I see Joel Belton. That's a good call. Thanks, Nicole. I'm glad you enjoy the show. We put a lot of work into it to make it make it fun. Eric Taylor's contribution. Darkfeed cyber threat intel platform putting things in order. OSINT ransomware cyber attacks. Okay, I'll follow you. So here are your two Twitter recommendations of the day. Compliments of BSEC and compliments of Eric Taylor at Barricade Cyber. Both mods, both uh, support the channel. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you all for the feedback. Thanks for the jawjacking experiences. Thanks for letting us go into the Dallas bit a little bit. Matthew Necci, I'm glad that we're uh, get to be your first hour of your workday. We're doing good stuff here. I'm, I'm super pumped about it. Look for Margarita, uh, LinkedIn, Simply Cyber Community Challenge post. Taylor McDonald, thanks for becoming a member. Wow. All right, guys. I don't know anything about Houston. Did Houston get hit too? Thanks, Daniel Neese. Yeah, our, my new official outro is this. <laughs> In fact, I'll just leave this up for 60 minutes and just speak to the cyber stories. Just kidding. Just kidding. All right. Anthony's finishing his work day. All right, Anthony. Punch out, man. Enjoy. Chad Actual. Dallas has been hit with a massive cyber ransomware attack by the Royal Ransomware Gang. All right, guys. I got to boogie out of here. Be good. Remember, no show tonight. We'll pick it back up tomorrow at 8 a.m. Eastern time, as usual, for the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I'm Jerry. This is Simply Cyber. Until next time, stay secure. <laughs>